Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson, and I'm here tonight with my co-host, Oog Levadier, a.k.a. Oogie. Welcome, Oogie. Hey, thank you so much, Alexandra. How are you? I'm doing fabulous because it was a huge sports weekend, first of all. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into the Australian Open finals and the championships and the winners and the whole wrap-up. But I got to talk a little bit about my 49ers just won. I'm so excited. Brock Purdy and the 49ers made it through Oogie. Exciting game. They were down 17 points in the first half. Like, what happened here? It was unbelievable game. I watched the whole thing. Uh, best one of my best friends from Montreal, uh, owning a shop for tennis. He he just you know his team was the Lions. I'm like, okay, you've been cheering for that team for what 30 years, never went to the Super Bowl. That was the chance, right? They were up 17 oh, points. Oh, he must have been so upset. Man, he was so crushed. I texted him after the match, and I, I think it was literally crying in his living room <laughs> watching the game. But um, no, maybe not that much. But um, yeah, he was. It was emotional yeah, exactly. because it was close. They were it was, the it was hope was so there close. because they were up. They were mm-hmm. up and and rolling and uh, yeah, and the things seemed to click for uh, for Niners. But uh, you know the quarterback, you know second year and then Brock this Purdy is amazing. And you know what? He was the last one picked in the on the draft in 2020, 2022. Did you know that? Yes, I did. And sometimes wow. when you're the last one picked, doesn't mean you're the worst one. For sure. I mean, 262. That was his rank for yeah, pick. Yeah, well, look, at Tom Brady wasn't a first top five pick. Oh, he was right? really late as yeah, well. You're really right. he was really late as well. So, oh, and yeah. look, John Lynch has been building this team with his coaches, and it's just so nice to see him put it all together. And I really liked they first asked Brock Purdy when he won. Mm-hmm. When the whole team won and everybody went nuts, he was just like, glory to God. And I just thought that was so cool because on the other side – the first game we had the Chiefs, another pick of mine. I know Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were a big fan favorite, but I still love Patrick Mahomes. You know, I talk about him. And look, he just pulled it through. He got through that second half. And it's it's a lot. Look, he said God put adversity in their season. He also thanked God. It was nice. They accepted the challenge. And one thing football players do know, they know how to pray, Oogie, because mm-hmm. their life's in their hands a lot of time on the field. Oh, and they're sure. just so grateful after. And I like how they always thank God and, and like put it up there. And then they go into their stats and what they did well in their team and the coaches. But, hey, both quarterbacks today, I love that both teams won and they're going to face off in Las Vegas impressive i mean pat mahomes you said it i mean such a leader on that team unbelievable he was just talking to everybody on set on the bench and on the sidelines and uh he, he always believed they could win you know because yeah. the, the odds were really against them because the whole season well, especially look, the last part the ravens were so dominant yes yeah, so and lamar jackson was doing so well and i gotta say there are a lot of haters out there because of taylor swift so we have i'm gonna say we as Swifties, I'm including myself in that. We are fans of Taylor Swift. Boogie and I, we're fans, right? Oh, yeah. But there are a lot of not fans. I had two boys on my court today. Look, I was on the tennis court and I had the, it was a phone day today. So I don't allow phones. Mm-hmm. But because it was the championship games, AFC, MB, NFC, look, you got to have phones on the court. So I allowed phones. I let the kids look at all their bets. 
even though they shouldn't be betting, but they are. And, and then <laughs> we had we had on direct TV stream and we were doing tennis while watching football, you know, keeping current, Ogie. That was very yeah. important. And sure. it's fun, right? It's a fun weekend. And I have to say the best ending, we're going to get a song out of this day, Oogie, because Taylor Swift ran on the field with all the other wives and gave the biggest kiss to Travis Kelsey. Oh, wow. I missed that one. I missed that that, that kiss, I'm though. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to be a, a song in 2025. It's got to be. That's big. Yeah. Wow. I mean, come on, Americana, football field. She's already known as Miss Americana, so... We mm -hmm. got to get a Travis kissing Taylor song out there sometime soon, Oogie. That, that's going to happen. What a fun football day. And I love that in Canada, you watched it just like I did. Oh, yeah, exactly. And yeah, we were watching it and uh, it was great. And now the question is going to be like, uh, is she going to be there in Vegas for the Super Bowl? Because she's got concerts in Japan. Okay, you know? so newsy note, you looked it up. I'm going to tell our people that listen to us. Oogie looked it up. She is in Japan for four days until what day? Till that yeah, Saturday. Good. She has concert the 7, 8, 9, and 10. So the 10 is Saturday, and the Super Bowl is Sunday the 11th. So yes, but you know what? I know she has a private jet, so in the yeah. jet lags, I don't know. She it could work. DJ Oogie, so, and Japan is ahead of us. And the Super Bowl's in Las Vegas, so it's all going to work out perfectly. She's going to do her concerts in Japan, get on the private plane, fly into L.A., then fly, or maybe fly straight to Vegas, right? Sleep on the plane, get into Vegas. She'll get there Sunday morning, and she'll be fine. That's, and then she'll fly like, back to Australia because that's her next concert. That, that's right. <laughs> she goes back there. So yeah, see, yeah, We've got see. the plan. Taylor Swift, we have your plan. She might just like stop by where you are and just pick you up and then keep going to I Vegas. For, I, you know. I wish I was her friend. Maybe one day I'll get to meet her, Oogie. I could fly on her PJ. Okay, anyway, <laughs> enough about football. We got again in the Australian Open. Wow. Right? Such two beautiful weeks of tennis. I think it was very exciting because, you know, we've covered, uh, you know, these events from, you know, many years now and you've played in them. And But um, this year, something was special in Australia for the, the event, you know, for men and women, so much, uh, you know, special stuff went on, went down. So yeah, go ahead. What do you want to start with? Uh, men, women, Well, let's weather. go into, let's go into the women. Okay. So Sabalenka, I wow. had her on my list. You had her on your list. Mm -hmm. She yeah. defended her title. I think the difference for me was watching her play Coco Goff and get the revenge match and how, she played that match very calm, collected with fire still, but mm -hmm. she didn't freak out and she had a set plan. You could see it. She oh, had yeah. her patterns. She kept going to that forehand finally, and she was coming into the net and she just, Coco just didn't play well because Sabalenka kind of took the game out of Coco's hands. That's the way I felt. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly it, because she took two things away from Coco. She took her backhand away a little bit. She had mm -hmm. to, when, when Coco was hitting backhands, it was like she was, oh, finally I have a backhand, so I, okay, I'm going to cross-court it. I mean, she couldn't really do much more than that because the ball's coming really fast. And then second point, very important, is that, you know, her forehand was not big enough. I mean, Coco's forehand was just not hurting Sabalenka, so yeah. she was just, you know, cruising well, over there Sabalenka all day long. Well, Sabalenka can hit through the shot and on her front foot and off her right leg, and Coco's more off her back foot. And mm -hmm. just the high heavy balls didn't, Sabalenka knew what was coming. 
Yeah. And she was using, look, Sevalank has added in some short slices and some drop shots and her volleys may not be amazing, but she's coming forward mm -hmm. and it kind of, it showed up. So that was interesting. And then I knew in that final match against Zhang, who, hey, Zhang's had a great year last year coming up. Her serve is still wackadoodle. We'll have to go into that eventually. It's like mm -hmm. crazy. I don't know how she makes it in the court. Even I had the face yeah, over real quick. and the toss with the double hitch. Uh, but she does have power, but she does not have Sabalenka's power, movement, and variety now. Sabalenka's really built that and she's won mm -hmm. two grand slams to be able to do that. Zhang has power and she hits through the ball, but Sabalenka took her out of her game because she was just a better version. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, you're right. And that's kind of, uh, you know, scary and uh, at the same time, great for her. But I'm, I'm talking scary for the other, the opponents, the other girls that are playing with her because, you know, Mads Lander even said that she could probably win seven or eight grand slams in the next couple of years. <clears throat> Sorry, so Sabalenka. that's Sabalenka. Yeah, that's Arena. Yeah. So that's saying a lot, you know, for him to because he's covering all. Of course, he's working for mm -hmm. European sports. Um, so then he's seeing that in her because you can see that Sviantek sometimes has got some demons in her head and she can't really has the big game like Sabalenka. But if Sabalenka is on like that, she can dominate in the next couple of years. Well, and Ugi, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. The power, power matters. Winning mm -hmm. Grand Slams, you got to power. Sabalenka yep. has power, and now she's uh, learned how to control it. That's right. That's and the she's learned thing how to her. position position herself, how to control it, and that's what is really interesting. I remember when she was first coming up, just like raw power, ripping balls, making errors, serve out of control, and yeah. it's really, it's taken. It's kind of what Sinner said, our new Grand Slam champion: patience mm -hmm. and process. Look, Sabalenka's gone through it patience and process and now she's winning and she really is showing the rest of the field that her power with control she's putting it together and mentally she's holding it together so you've said the right points because you're right a couple of, a couple of years ago the serve was wild she was double faulting so much and then her emotions were all over the place. And then mm -hmm. if somebody would slice down to her back end and forehand, she would just go all out on these balls and she would hit into the net. Those three things are solved. It's resolved. She's went through it. Um, she's just capable of just slicing it back, hitting more spin on the serves. She's feeling confident. The emotions are most likely all the, most of the time under control. Um, so yeah, yeah she, you can see that, yeah, she's made a lot of progress. And she's and older she's, now, right? Exactly, so, maturity. Yep. Look, she's there. Sviantek, she's maturing still. Goff is maturing. Mm -hmm. Goff is still the baby. I mean, yeah. there's other, there's now Andreva, who is the baby, 16. But look, Goff still needs to mature. She's only been with Brad Gilbert for a couple months, a handful mm -hmm. of months, right? So yep. there's a lot of room for her. She did well getting to the semis. I don't think that's disappointing for her. But Sabalenka, she just moved through that draw like it was nothing yep. and that semi match was the tough one and she got through it and then the finals was pretty look she did get a it was fun funny i watched the i got up and i watched the last the set i had to tape the first set because <laughs> i was still asleep of course. but the last set um she was serving for it mm -hmm. and she was up 40 love and 
and it was so funny because Zhang could not make a return in the court the whole yeah. match. She, she struggled with her return to serve. Oh, yeah. And then True. all of a sudden, triple match point, Sabalenka, it shows you, even if you're up 40 love, 6 2, 5 3, I think it was mm -hmm. 5 3, mm -hmm. uh, you get nerves, right? No matter yep. what, you're still going to feel it. So all of a sudden, it was deuce. And all of a sudden, Zhang was making her return to serves and i'm like oh, yeah. okay of course of course on the women's side you start making returns down love 40 triple match point for grand slam title mm -hmm. of course but seven like served a way out of it yeah. and that was the difference of her maturity she didn't get broken she figured it out and she won the championship so congratulations hey gotta love that that victory tiktok as well with the team in the hotel room did you see that she was yes. like trophies and yes, having pauses and man, I it was it, I, so cool it was amazing and i like her warm-ups as well sometimes you know you see in the corridors little cameras there and, and did, did you she see had the one, one with, with the balloon with the balloons huh you know yeah. just i can yeah. see you and me just you know start running all over a place trying to make the balloon yeah, we not got, we touch the start ground. blowing up balloons Ugi. i like that one that was fun i love uh, that i do that i, I gotta give one more note yastremska Hmm. Look, she's been through a rough time. She's Ukrainian. She got banned for some doping hmm. for a little bit that she got off for. And long story short, she was the first woman qualifier to get to the semis at the Australian Open. Hmm. And I, who have done it at Wimbledon, I'm yeah. the only woman who's done it at Wimbledon. She is now the only woman who's done it in Australia. So I have to say congratulations to her. She had a great run. And it's nice to see her back playing well and yeah. healthy and her head's on and she's able to focus and she's got a good team around her. So that was, I've always liked her. I told my little story when I hit with her and her mom and no matter her trials and tribulations, well done, Diana. She she had a great run at the Australian Open, and this could set up the rest of the year for her. For sure. I mean, and and still, it's very tough for the Ukrainian players. You know, um, Koshchyuk mm -hmm. was saying after in the press conference that she was on the court even just before, and there were still like bombings, like in the city. Yeah. And France well, from they, Kiev. the war is still going on, and My. these players. Yeah. Look, we all sometimes forget about it, but we have to remember the Ukrainians do not every day. They have family there and that they're playing on the tour is, yes, it's a blessing, but it, it's a hard life playing on the tour. It is. It's not easy. And as it is, it is already. Through, yeah, yeah, as it is already. And to go through something where your grandma's in a war-torn country or mm -hmm. your family or your cousins you know that that's a whole nother mental toughness for sure can you imagine go Exercise, on court and, right? and not knowing or or having texts from friends i'm watching your game but uh, there's some noises back there like a couple yeah, so. of blocks away that it's bombs and oh my gosh and it Come was on. nice to see the ukrainians do well yeah we had Kalinskaya, exactly because a lot Ostrum, of them made well yeah Dremska, Svitolina mm -hmm. till she got hurt so yeah you know, they're really um, embracing the love they're getting from their country. And I like how they're performing well to have their country be proud for them. So exactly. that was another note I wanted to mention about the women. Lots of three setters in that first week. Interesting tennis. It's always the beginning of the year is always interesting. Plus the surface, plus the balls and it's summer. Mm -hmm. So Oogie, it was it was hard to watch at times because of our time zones. Mm. I watched a lot on tape 
well, not tape, but, re, you know, recording. Yeah. But I, I kept up with it, and it's a lot of good matches, lot, lots of good tennis. Oh, for sure, on both sides, and, and the men's as well, you know, is if we have to cross there, you like my Italian I love it. Okay, so we're going to get into the Soccer shirt there. Okay, yeah, I got to give a shout out. The Pam Shriver brought me back a hat, an AO hat. Kind of love that. So very cool. She brought me back a hat from, she was working for ESPN and with um, her player over there, Donna Vekic. Mm -hmm. And so she just got back two days ago and she brought me a hat and a pen, which is great because I'm always writing notes for this podcast or notes for my kids on the court that I'm coaching. And cool. it's perfect. It is. So thank you, Miss Pam Shriver, for my lovely hat. I'm very excited about it. That's awesome. It's nice. Yeah. All right, Oogie. So we have a special guest coming back on. He is um, flying around on an airplane and it's just supposedly landed and he has his whole setup ready. It's like a travel setup. So hopefully he will make it. But before that, we got to get into the men. Ah, for sure. How about Super exciting. Your, I mean, your pick, Oogie, Yannick Sinner. You picked right. him from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Remember I was like, where's Yannick Sinner? Well, <laughs> it sounds out it turns out he did the right thing flying in playing a couple exhibition matches he was fresh and ready to go exactly see all i mean medvedev just ran out of gas in that final today so mm -hmm. um obviously he made the right choice his team is amazing i mean after he won he went up and the, the aussie open is kind of nice you know they kind of put these stairs there you know they had the, these black stairs there and yeah. he just you know he just walked on them and he so didn't maybe, have to climb over sometimes like you have to do at the u.s opener wimbledon i was gonna say uh maybe u.s open in new york have to take some notes here because it'd be, it'd be nice it'd be nice to have some stairs or a couple of ladders yeah, or something yeah. something you know security I think proof at the french open djokovic had trouble climbing over <laughs> at exactly one point too. so yeah, they need to settle that, settle that a little bit because you know they need they know that the player who's going to win is going to go to his box, yeah, and the, exactly. the women as well. So well, just think that, about that Australia before. Australia is always the first to do something, so watch out. Everybody else is going to have stairs. Love it, love it. Those stairs there, and then I just climb there, and you know, no, no crying, nothing huge, nothing big, no, no scene. I love that maturity, you know, because. You know, of course, you can't really control the emotions when it's coming out. It's coming out, but he was—it was his first Grand Slam, so he could have just, you know, sometimes Federer was sort of cry on the court when he fell down on his knees, and you know, it, it was something like that. But then, you no, know, Yannick just went, "Thank you so much, accolades, everybody." Really nice speech afterwards. Really respectful to his team and Medvedev as well. So, I, we have to like that very much. It's awesome. Yeah. Well and and his game we watched him take out Djokovic now Djokovic didn't look 100% healthy he mm -hmm. was grabbing his chest but Sinner stepped up and beat him oh, so yeah. he rallied back and Djokovic tried to get that he got that he got it to a fourth set like he got that third set mm. I don't know how he did it but he figured out but Sinner the calm collectiveness his process the patience and process Yannick Sinner's lost a tough 
a lot of tough five setters in the last two years, right? And he's been, Darren Cahill's come in the last two years and he's been building him and building him. And we saw it happening, Oogie. And it's just Mm. so fun when you see a player who's now getting to their potential and then breaking through and winning their first Grand Slam. It's just so exciting. And how he handled the finals against Medvedev. He Mm. was down two sets to love. Exactly. And Medvedev, I mean, was playing unbelievable tennis those first two sets. Uh, they gave some stats, uh, you know, returning points. I mean, Medvedev normally is like 20 meters behind the baseline. And now he's yeah. like only five or six meters. He was much more aggressive with the returns. And Yannick was just outplayed. The first two sets, it was just Medvedev should play like that, like every match. Well, you know be- why he did? He played, so he's played four out of five sets. He's played four five-set matches, right? Yeah, that second why. round against Rusevori, he mm-hmm. played into like 4 a.m. in the morning because the women's match went so long, and then he went on late, and mm-hmm. he got a slow start because I watched his interview, and he was like, I didn't know when to warm up. So people, even like Medve- people like Medvedev have trouble knowing because when you're in not before time, you warm up, then you wait, then you warm up, then you eat a snack, then you warm up, then you might eat. And then you're like, when am I going on? And then you're tired by the time you step on the court. Right. So unfortunately, Daniel had that happen to him. And then he had to rally back and then go five sets. Mm. So that was the second round. He's already behind the eight ball, trying to recover, get his timing, get on a regular schedule, which is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. He finally did that quarterfinals. Her catch, five sets. Really tough Semi-finals, match, yes. Zverev, five sets. And Zverev could have won that, and he oh, yeah. came back, It was right? down to sets to love. I mean, he should have lost that match for real. And, it was the same thing. Yeah. He was being outplayed. Zverev was serving like, bombs all over the place. Yeah. And then Medvedev's like, I'm just going to play my best. If I go home, I go home. I'm going to try my best. It was great. And he won, right? Mm. And then he steps it up in those first two sets because he knows against Yannick Sinner, if he's hanging on the baseline running all day, he can't do it. So it was amazing that he's so cagey that he came out playing so aggressive and you're like, what? Like, is this Medvedev's game? It's not. I mean, he normally never plays like that. He's rallying, counterattacking, but now he was just aggressive all the time. Yeah, and it worked. For strikes. That's why I'm saying he should play like that all the time. level dropped. Mm. And I, I was watching that third set, and Darren yelled out, uh, I think it was three all or it was three two. He went, he's tired. Darren Cahill. We heard it. You're right. You heard it, right? He's uh-huh. tired. Keep it going. Because you could see the level. Mm. Look, the level is very high, but when it, get, when it drops, you can tell as players. And mm-hmm. he just didn't have that explosiveness. He was still running, but mm-hmm. he couldn't really, you know, do what he did in the first two sets. Yeah, that's right. It's tough to maintain. I mean, yeah, but he still, it still went five sets. Sinner still had to win that and stay calm Mm -hmm. and stay prepared and use all his training and preparation and all the coaching and the strategies. And it was, it was just a fun, fun match to see. I wish I could have seen it live. I again recorded it because it would have been, I would have been up all night long. Oh, that's right. I mean, it it was, it was, it was fun to see. I was a little sad that Medvedev just didn't have that extra spark. But mm. also, I was very happy for Yannick Sinner. It's true. It, it was kind of, you know, half and half there. You're totally right because we're pulling for Sinner's first slam. He's a super classic guy. 
uh, made a great move. He decided, you know, he. they said afterwards that he's the one who decided. Uh, he thanks his parents so much afterwards as well. And he's, he's the one who decided, you know, to go with another coach because it was working well before, but still he could have this opportunity to be with uh, Darren Cahill and his team. So uh, he sees that opportunity and for him, it, you know, serves well. Um, so I'll right credit decision. this to him. Yeah. Great decision. Look, there. it was exciting. And Alcarez, my pick went down, but that's okay. Yannick Sinner, your pick won. I was very happy. Hey, Alex Zverev, Dark Horse. Mm. Everybody watch you out. That. He's playing. You, you called that one. Good job. He's playing back to his 100%. <clears throat> now, the only thing that I didn't love, I know as journalists they had to report on it, but I feel like they kept just hounding him. It was about the domestic abuse charges that he's been facing. Yeah. And the one that his former partner is, has come against him, and it's his, the mother of his child, his former hmm. partner, is the one that's going to court. They're going to go to court in May in hmm. Germany. But he's also on the ATP Tour Council. There's a lot of controversy there, Ugi. Now, hmm. I don't know him personally. I met him in the elevator, and he was nice. Yeah. But I just felt like they were being tough on him as they should sort of it, it's a it's a fine line because prove you're innocent until proven guilty right mm -hmm. and they kept just asking him stuff but how he handled it was very interesting because he didn't let the pressure get to him and he didn't crack mm -hmm. and he knew what was going on i mean even when the crowd booed him a couple times he winced a little bit and couple reporters just kept going after him he he just would not back down so he's pretty mentally tough for sure wow to go through mm. all that yugi mm. and it'll be interesting in may to see what happens and what the yeah. atp does and this has been going on for a couple years at least and we need it has we, we need to find out just like yeah. what happened there just just exactly. clear the air just everybody needs to know that because he needs to know i mean he knows what happened of course but but that the world needs to know that so he can live and be you know do whatever if he did it then guilty and then assume exactly. what you did which is but terrible look, terrible he act. if he did something gorgeous, to his girlfriend is terrible come on he has a gorgeous new girlfriend in his box that's saying it's me too and she's like she's kind of blaming on the me too movement and saying she's not a fan of it it's it's an interesting dynamic because as an outsider you don't know the real story and then you have this gorgeous girlfriend in the box that's with him and then you have this other gorgeous girlfriend that had his baby and she's against him and you're like this is like a german russian soap opera you're right it's right it's, talk it's about newsy notes if we yeah. could be inside one of those rooms how interesting would that be oogie it's true hey we we need to know we need to know because yeah we but like, you, know, you what? know we like to find these guys you know we follow them for tennis and they seem like Nice people. So um, let's yeah, just see so what happens. We hope he's innocent. And if he's not, obviously they'll charge him and we'll find out. But I have to say, his tennis, spot on this tournament. It's back. He's healthy. And we we hope because I like watching him play. I hope he's a good guy and that, I don't know. It's hard yeah. to say, but his game is back and it's nice to see it because he is a good person to watch as a person that likes to watch tennis. You're right, and let's let's be honest. He is definitely in the top five for backhands on the ATP oh, tour right now. So totally top five. If our friend DJ Madlinks was wondering if we could put him there, 
Of course. For sure. After this term. I mean, <laughs> I said it before, but yeah, definitely yeah. now, right? Oh, All right. Yeah. So back to Mr. Medvedev. He spent the most time on court, 24 hours and 17 minutes, Ugi. Wow. That's a and day. That's 24 a hours. It's a whole day, right? He was Play a day whole day on the court. And he did the best interview with Jim Courier. Did you see that? Well, I saw a lot of those, of those, but yeah, tell me a bit, yeah. a bit more. Okay, about so after his five-set match against, I think it was her catch. I don't know. I can't remember because it's mm -hmm. kind of run. The night matches are kind of running. One of those long ones. It was seconds. one of the long ones. And Courier came out on the court and was interviewing him. And he's like, can we do a little master class? I want to ask you about your return to serve. Why do you stand so far back? And it was a great question. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, well, can you take me to the baseline and show me why? And that was the best part because he asked Medvedev to show him. And Medvedev took the mic and walked through the whole thing. And he said, look, I started, Jim was like, did you start out standing so far back? And they went to the Melbourne sign. Hmm. And you know, when you watch tennis, there's the Melbourne sign at the Australian Open. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that. Yep. When I was playing there and Venus and Serena, I were real close in the early 2000s. Our joke was get out of Melbourne because oh, yeah. our games, we can't be standing in Melbourne, right? Yeah, Horacine so, said that to Serena yeah. once. So when get Serena was, yeah, when she was playing Kim Clijsters, Horacine was like, get out of Melbourne because right. Serena was too far back. No, but Medvedev loves being in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. So That's Jim it. took Jim took him back and he Medvedev took the mic and he said, Well, look, I started out playing. I was on top of the baseline or just behind it, and just my returns weren't that good. And he Medvedev, just kept on backing yeah. up. So he's like, I just backed up a step and then I backed up a little more and then I backed up a little more. And then all of a sudden my returns were working and it was just the delivery of how he said it and then how he explained it, which was brilliant. And it was mm -hmm. the best television. It was almost better than watching the match was watching him describe that. And it was just so fun. And I love that Jim Courier thought of it and then mm -hmm. got permission to do i i i'm thinking maybe he went to him before or maybe he went to him on the fly i'm not sure i have on the fly i mean that. jim i mean to for, for these after match interview i think jim Courier is like the best one because he always comes yeah. up with natural up stuff with and mm -hmm. he's getting a point out because during the match he noticed something and he's a really smart guy so he's of course many times grand slams and everything's got experience but he's really smart about like these things noticing it so and he's bringing it like at the right time so that was perfect moment right there. Yeah, it was great. And it encapsulated everything you want in an interview. And I remember Tom Rinaldi, who does Fox. He's on Fox NFL now. He's a great mm -hmm. journalist. Yep. And my first encore interview, he was at the U.S. Open working for ESPN. And I got to call a match with him. And I was so excited because he's like a real yeah. deal, right? Tom is, Rinaldi. Yeah, yeah. So he gave me great tips. And he's like, just act like you're playing the match. So I said, okay, great. I can do that, right? And then mm -hmm. he said, when you go online on to ask questions, don't be afraid to have a paper and a note and a notepad because you can write your questions down. And if you get nervous, look at them. And he yeah. said, start with three. Start about how are they how are they feeling with their win? Mm -hmm. And then what you just said, a point in the match that made a difference. 
I feel like maybe Jim Courier, did he talk to Tom Rinaldi? And For then, sure. For sure did, and yeah. then the third one was you ask about a moment that made the crowd excited or a moment that turned the tides or looking forward to the next match. Or then you add in something fun that is fan friendly and personable. Man, you've got it down like so much. Right? Isn't that a good tutorial, Oogie? All right. I, but I, that's I, let me write that Jim, down. That's why Jim is so good because he does that and he takes his time and it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. It is good. It is amazing. And he's not, he's like decontracted. He's like super cool. I remember him saying uh, with Medvedev, it was uh, one of the earlier rounds and he was like, Medvedev, he's not you know, like fully English, you know, like a little bit like me. It's not my first language. But then yeah. he said, um, and then he thought about an expression. And then he said, three times a charm. Is that an expression here? Yes, he's I like, love he's that. Like, he's like, I'm from America. I don't know. I'm America. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, he's like, and, he, and, then, and then he's like, yeah, it's an expression in America. I'm sure it is in Australia, right? It was, uh, for sure. So, but it was just so natural and so, so fun. So. It was so fun. And look, I know Medvedev didn't win, but he is always entertaining to talk about. I like his game. I like his strategy. And, but we got to go back to Yannick Sinner, the mm -hmm. first Grand Slam winner since, who is it, Ugi, from Italy? Uh, Panata. Yes, Panata won the French Open in 1976. So, Ugi, wow. you know Yannick has all his Carrot Top fans, right? I know. Could I you saw imagine? a girl like, kissing the carrot yeah. like, during a match. I was like, okay, you're is a little intense so there. Funny? So instead <laughs> of red, white, and green when he goes back, I bet it's going to be a sea of orange. Orange and green. Sure. He's going to have a parade of orange and green. And that's great. Got to love that. Great? I mean, and he's, he's chilling with that. That's cool. So big. He's going to be Italy. Could you imagine when he has his parade? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they have to give him a parade, right? Oh, come on, Roma. That has to be in Rome. Huge yeah, all over the city. Got to go to yeah. the Colosseum and everything. For come on, sure. got to do that. Yeah, for sure. I have to because Djokovic had you know a couple of those in Serbia. Yeah, so I I can't wait to see Yannick Sinner's parade in Italy, and congratulations to his coaching team. Big congratulations to Darren Cahill that he came on board and guided him. It's very impressive. Uh, now Darren, Darren and Brad Gilbert are best friends, so now they both have not bad. They both have two grand, new Grand Slam champions. It's pretty amazing good, huh? and it's it's really good and amazing and they can still help each other a lot because they're coaching a, a woman and a man so they don't have to compete against each other like Yeah and it just shows you how remember Elliot Telcher that he came on and he said coaching is important and I think a lot of people think it's not I I feel like they're understanding it more now that coaches can talk in the box Mm -hmm. But it really is important because I feel, and I'll say it again, Oogie, our relationship that we had, it was so important because you helped me go from 60 to 18 in the world. Exactly. And it, we were a team when we did that. And you helped me. I helped you. And Samantha helped both of us by organizing everything. But it was really, it wasn't a big team, but it was a small team. And it really made a difference. Yeah. And unfortunately, I did get injured later. But that really i really rem remember that the most of my career at that moment because of how much steps i made in a short mm -hmm. amount of time just by the work we put in you're right you're right because it and i think 
the most important part in that is that it made you more confident on the court because ultimately that's what we want we want our players to just be confident on the court to be able to you know uh, be able to hand, handle any situation on the court and once I, I kind of give you that confidence because of you know all the work we did every day you know the the, the targets we're hitting when we're serving and the strategies and this and that mm -hmm. and, and then you can see that build you know you can see that build from week to week to week and especially yeah. same thing for coco golf last summer you know we saw that building up so it's not a it's not by magic that you won the u.s no, open it's by it was hard building work, yeah it was building, building the whole summer and good yeah. coaching and i feel like Look, we got we got a lot of coaches that are on TV and the big situations, but you have to understand there's a lot of coaches around the world that are coaching on a small court or have an academy and they're out there doing it every day, working with these kids, even if the kids are sometimes bad news bears kind of kids. The kids yeah. can always improve, right? Oh, yeah. You're right because they can it, always it, you get said better. It. You said it perfectly because, um, you know, I'm coaching here in the Levy, Quebec City area. It's it's a small community for tennis, you know, uh, unless it's Felix Ojaliasim, the other Quebec players. You don't really hear about them, but if we're having if we're giving them very good coaching, you know, they go from regional and you know state sort of tournaments, and then their full potential is there. They can reach out to national level. And if no coaching, then they probably stayed local players. Oh, so sure. they have maximized their potential. And ultimately, that's what that's what we want for our students, you know, because it's very few people that have all the tools to make it. But, you know, if we're giving them, you know, extra tools and they, they perform better than expected, then that's awesome, you know. Yeah, and it, it, it was even watching football today. Greg Olson, who's one of the commentators, He's was awesome. talking about, he's really great. Commentating. Wow, he was I mean, talking about this. I forget what he was. I think he was a running back or a lineman. I, an, an obscure Holston, player. Holston was a tight end. I think no, it was no, a tight not, end. Yeah, no, but not him. He was doing the talking about oh, okay. one of the players. Oh, okay, and he sorry. said, he said, look, he's working hard. He doesn't have great feet, but he's working really hard. And he was even saying a guy in the NFL doesn't have great feet. Well, not every guy has great feet or great footwork, but the mm -hmm. hard work and what you said, you might not get to a division one college, but you might get to a division three college. You might not get to college tennis, but you'll get to high school tennis. Mm -hmm. You might not get to the pros, but you can play college tennis. And it just matters that your coach helps you get your potential out, right? Exactly. And even if you don't make any of those things, at least your coach, if he's great, if he's a great coach, he will, he would have given you the, the tools to make it anywhere in the world yeah. for work, job, your family, your yeah, kids, exactly. eventually. That's, those life. are great values, great values yeah. transmitted. So uh, that's what the, the, the thing is that we're most proud of as coaches that for sure that's it. Because later on, we see our kids that we coached and then there's a doctor Here's a lawyer. I mean, these these people are straight. They're having great lives. They're fit. Have great, uh, you know, great values, and they carry on. And we've helped them, you know, get there. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully, some of the kids I coach will do that, Oogie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm it, not. It, yeah. I hope you're so. You're a little because bit ahead of me there. <laughs> instead of the, uh, you know, the the wagers there today because of yeah, their the betters. <laughs> the bets. Hey, they're pretty good with their bets, I have to say. All right. So I got to give one more newsy note. Okay. So. Another championship weekend, U.S. Figure Skating Championships. 
very exciting for me because I love ice skating. So I had tennis, I had <laughs> ice skating, and I had football. It's wow. like the trifecta, Oogie. Okay, so speaking of mental toughness and pressure and how we saw Yannick Sinner handle it, how we saw Patrick Mahomes handle it, how we saw mm. Brock Purdy handle it. Look, we saw a lot of guys handle it well, and then a lot of guys not, right? Mm -hmm. And how Sabalenka handled defending her title. Okay, yeah. well, interesting. Amber Glenn, she's 24 years old. She's had ups and downs. She came out at 14 as the hottest figure skater and then couldn't handle the pressure and then was just inconsistent. So she won the gold medal at the U.S. Figure Skating Championships this weekend. That's However, awesome. she went against Isabel Levito, who won it last year at 15. She's 16 years old. Their short program, Isabel, was ahead of her by like a point, ten tenth of a point, right? Super tight. Okay, yeah. Super tight. So they go in pretty much even to the mm -hmm. free, okay? Mm -hmm. So the free is the longest. That's the most yeah. pressure. The okay. long program, wow, long it's like program. No three, mistakes. four minutes or something. Yeah. Make many, the short many... program is short. You get it yeah. done. The free is where the pressure cooker is. The okay, jumps. so Am yeah. Amber Glenn comes out, great outfit, loved her outfit. I'd love to make a tennis dress like this. She comes out, she does her program, but she doesn't do one of the triples. She goes into a double and then she does a single and hmm. she messes up, but she doesn't fall. But okay. she doesn't embrace the program. And you yeah. could tell her her whole feature, her face, it was so tight. Mm. And like when we watch Yannick Sinner, he didn't really look tight. He looked loose the whole time. I mean, yeah. even Medvedev kind of always. Like yeah, Yannick <laughs> looked like he knew what he was going to do. Well, Amber looked so tight. But then she loosened up a little bit, but not enough. Okay, so then Isabel comes on. And she's the defending champ, but she's 16. Okay. So she's got to figure out how to defend her title a la Arena Sabalenka, right? Yeah. But Sabalenka's a little older. Okay, mm -hmm. so Isabel. But she watched the other girl, like, yes. mess up a little bit, so she knows yes. what to do to win. So she yeah. knows. It's in the bag, right? If well, she doesn't fall and she does that triple, she's fine. Yeah, you never think it's in the bag. Obviously, she didn't. But all she did do was land her jump. She falls three times. She did? It's it's like unheard of to have she fell three times. Yes, to fall three times. No way. So she falls three times and she gets pushed pushed down to third place. For sure. And then a girl from Irvine, California, fresh new face, comes out and gets second. And Amber Glenn wins the championship, a gold wow. medal, gets number one on the team. Now she came out, and this was what a great champion she was yesterday when she won she said look i didn't want to win this way i wanted to have my best program mm. but i did put it out there i messed up a bit and you never want to win this way but i'm proud of myself for doing yeah. it right mm -hmm. yeah so sure. there are times when you might not want to win the way you won but you scrapped it out and you won a w is a w i mean do you think yannick right? center minds today like not to win that three or four sets? Sets? no way and no the first way. two sets, it's going to be like, oh, let's forget about this. Let's celebrate the trophies there. First win ever, Grand Slam. So, yeah, all props yeah. to these these guys and girls. Huh? Just a lot of, uh, lot of mental toughness there. Yeah, exactly. It was very impressive. Okay, so then going into the men, the men's free skate. Well, the short skate, really. Jason Brown, artist, artistic, love him, 29 years old. He's skating just for the joy of it. He has a silver medal. He, he's 
just he loves it and he wants to make the Olympics again. But Ilya Malenin, Malenin, okay, this guy, he's called the Quad God. He okay. carries himself like he's already won a gold Olympic medal. He's a teenager. He Ooh. does quadruple trips, uh, quadruple jumps. Ugi. He does a quadruple and then probably a triple yeah. afterwards or something. And he's working on a five one. I think well, I don't wow. know what the fifth one is called. It's kind of crazy. Okay, but he can do quads in a program. So he wins back-to-back championships. You look at his face walking on the ice, cool as a cucumber, ready to go. So it's interesting, right? All the different sports, how you handle pressure. It's Mm -hmm. kind of the same. If you walk out and you're loose in your face, you can tell the athlete is going to perform. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's, that's That's pretty interesting right there, you know, the connect these sports and with their the same frame of minds he was like i'm expecting to win i'm just gonna chill do my program yeah. so there you go he's not nervous yeah. at it. he's he just was, yeah, I'm, look i'm sure he felt it but he's learned how to handle his nerves and if you're gonna do quads you gotta be loose yeah right? you do Other, yeah otherwise you do like the other girl yeah probably do a triple or something like less all right yeah wow. well this has been a lot of fun oogie our little ao wrap-up our little NFC and AFC championships and the U.S. figure skatings. We got it all in. Unfortunately, our guests got delayed on the plane, so we will have to have him back next week oh, for to sure. have all his takes. It's, it'll be fine. He was too positive. The- he was too cranked up to be with he us. Was. Already. He was. I'm <laughs> going to give good. the quote of the podcast. You oh, ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. It goes to our first-time Grand Slam champion. You live with this kind of movement. You don't even realize how fast you're moving. Yannick Sinner, right? Wow. So he was a skier and now he's super fast on the court. So I love that he just said that. Sometimes he doesn't realize how fast he's moving because it's just normal now. So <laughs> congratulations, Yannick Sinner, 2024, winner of the Happy Slam, the Australian Open. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna work on his speech a little bit after because he's he, gonna be he even faster. He was candid about everything, you know, and then suddenly he's like, "Okay, I'm done. I don't have anything else to say. Thank you." Yeah, I'll see you next like, year. I, I don't even realize how fast I'm moving. So this is how I move. There All right, Ugi, Well, this was a lot of fun. We we dipped in and out during the two weeks with our podcast. This was a good experiment. I had a lot of fun with you. We had some fun guests on. And our special guest, DJ Madlinks, will be coming on next weekend, hopefully. And we will have all his takes on the tennis and going forward to the rest of the year. We've got a lot of tournaments to catch up on and to look forward to. So this has been a great night, Oogie. This has been Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson. Have a good night. Good night.